what. All right, there will be bourbon. Podcast season is upon us. The first of 2024. I am joined tonight by a longtime Twitter OG, now X, I guess. I don't know if you refer to it yet as X. I'm still kind of up in the air on that. Um, but you would know her as the GOP fashionista from Twitter many years ago. I, I think I started originally in 2009. I know you were already there then. Um, so that was kind of how I got introduced to her. But we're not going to go so much into the reasons of why we first cross paths. It's more so to bring awareness to something that I came aware of from her going through in 2017 that I'll let her discuss a little bit more on because those are some words that I'm really difficult at or not very good at pronouncing. So I'll let you do them because you already know what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, a huge kind of, I guess, uh, you call it a brain disease issue, I say that. Is that what it is essentially that you've been going through since 2017? Yeah, I was diagnosed. Um, well, back in the day, we met on Twitter and yeah. um, life was normal. And um, and then you wake up one day and it's not. And I found out I had a brain tumor. So it kind of put everything on pause. Um, with me being active um, online and whatnot. So um, yeah, it really threw me for a loop. Um, I had surgery in June of 2017. And after that, my neurosurgeons um, told me everything was fine and that uh, they dismissed my symptoms and what I was going through. And I found out a year and a half later, they finally admitted to me that they that there was an issue and it was incurable. And it's called trigeminal neuralgia anesthesia dolorosa. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> long story short, I mean, we uh, I cannot feel the left side of my face. Still. Still. Wow. It's completely numb, including my teeth and my tongue. Like, nothing it's constantly in pain so as we're talking now i'm in pain but i've normalized it and there's levels of intensity um that are indescribable um that even nothing there's nothing they can do there's no surgery that can help there's medications i take um but when you think something rare can't happen to you and then it does. So yeah. rare uh, things happen to. Uh, so how did, how did, how did you go into even bring about discovering that? Like what prompted you to go in 2017 to, to find that out? Is this something you were experiencing yeah. and you had no explanation for? Or is it just a routine? Yeah, I was having symptoms they started back in 2016. I was symptomatic. Okay. I started um, not being able to write. I could remember vividly. Uh, we were in Las Vegas. I was with my girlfriends and um, I was just, I, I was so fatigued. I just laid down on the cabana all at in the cabana all day long while they partied. And I said, I'm there's just something wrong with me. And so I paid for the cabana. And when we were leaving, the woman, the waitress, I guess they have a lot of people that probably scam them and say that they yeah. weren't there. You're like, it's $1,200. Yeah. So 
she's like, you have to match your signet your your signature to your ID. I I tried like thirty times. I could not write. Oh, oh man. Wow. Yeah, and she finally gave up. I'm like, I don't I I I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what's wrong with me. So um, then I started hearing my heartbeat in my ear. Um, I started to uh, feel like I was going to fall all the time. I eventually did start falling. I was walking into walls. I felt like there was a huge weight, like, like pressure on the back of my head. So I went to an ENT and he, I explained to him what was going on. This was in 2017. And he said, just to be on the safe side, let me send you in for an MRI. And um, he called me, which I'm surprised. I don't know why it wasn't sooner. He probably didn't look at the reports right away, but he called me a week later. It was at night, so I knew it wasn't good. And he said, over the phone, you have a brain tumor. I need to see you in the morning. Oh, goodness. So, I mean, like, we could stop. Like, I, I would assume you didn't sleep that night very well. No, I... Yeah. I didn't know what to do. Um, my family, my parents were in uh, South Carolina, I believe, at the time. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if I should call them and let them know. I didn't know if I should tell work. It's just, it's just, I can't even explain to you, Eric. It's just, you're, you just don't want to believe what you're hearing yeah. and it's just something that i i just knew though i knew that what the week before when he said i'm just going to do this mri just to be safe i knew something i just knew it so I mean, I, I won't make you say the, the name of everything again, but is this something that, is this like a hereditary thing? Is this just something that randomly happens? Is there a lot of people that are experiencing the same thing as you? Like, cause I mean, I'll be honest, I've never heard of it. Had you heard of this, something like this before? I had never heard of it. Um, I was not prepared for this. My neurosurgeons didn't tell me that this was even possibly an outcome. They did tell me I might lose hearing in my left ear, which I did. So I'm deaf in my left ear. I was unaware until I started researching myself because they kept dismissing my symptoms and saying that it was normal. And I said, I can't normalize this. This is just not. This they were saying it was normal apart to go along with the tumor or they're saying everything you're experiencing was normal. Yes. They were saying that everything I was experiencing was normal. And what I was experiencing was, and I still do to this day, I it felt like my teeth were being electrocuted. The whole side of my face was being electrocuted. It felt like I was being stabbed by like thousands of like little needles were being stabbed in my face. It would get to the point where the 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 pain behind my left eye, it felt like my eye was being forced out of the socket. Oh. Um, I can't even feel my eye. So my new neurosurgeons told me to always wear glasses 
because if I did anything, I would never know if I did, if I yeah, yeah. tore something. Yeah. Um, so this was due to my original neurosurgeons aired. Um, right, I they, read about that your bio. So, okay. What was yeah. That? I'm sorry. No, what 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 happened? What did he do? What what was that? What was that that they didn't really tell me what they did. The one apologized and said he failed me as a patient. Yeah. The second one said that I was only the second patient they had in their 30-year career, because there were two surgeons that operated that this happened to. And the other one was a Chinese ambassador and they never heard from him again. Um, I don't think they wanted to admit that they had another patient that had this outcome because it is so rare, especially the anesthesia dolorosa part where you, you have complete numbness, but pain. So it's a weird combination yeah, of you, you're numb. So you can't feel your face, but you're in pain. You're hurting internally. Yeah. And, um, but after all of these years, I've normalized a level of pain so I can operate on a daily basis. But then other days, it's just, it's, it definitely takes its toll on me every day where um, I'm fatigued because of the pain just doesn't stop. And other days, I just can't even operate. I'm non-functional. What, what is, what do they tell you is like the outcome, like the prognosis? Like, is this something you're just, you're just dealing with perpetually or is there any type of experimental cures, anything that's anyone that's ever recovered from this? There are different types of trigeminal neuralgia. Mm -hmm. um, one where it's a cranial nerve and nobody if you if you haven't had anything seriously damaged um regarding your head like brain tumor concussion or anything like that you wouldn't really be familiar with your cranial nerves so some patients with trigeminal neuralgia have a compression so uh, it's like the artery is beeping it it's like your heart beats so and so but then there's the nerve that sits on top of it so every time the, the artery pumps blood through it it hits the the nerve so that's what's creating the sensation in the face so some people can have mvd microvascular decompression surgery where the surgeons go in separate the artery from the cranial nerve by putting a little cushion and they can resolve it that way but that's not always a hundred percent fail proof a lot of those patients eventually they end up having the pain again um that? i'm sorry have you done that I, I'm not a candidate for that because my trigeminal, my trigeminal nerve was, uh, there's no compression on my trigeminal nerve. The neurosurgeons basically annihilated it where another neurosurgeon looked at it and was 
said it's basically almost severed. Wow. So there's nothing. I just have to learn to live with this. I do certain therapies at home, like red light therapy, mm -hmm. things like that, where I just hope that even if it's making the slightest difference, um, that, it, you know, it's doing something. I just, I can't remain, I have to remain hopeful that like uh -huh. something that doing or yeah. maybe they will come up with something to um you know read re like with nerve regeneration peripheral nerves are different than cranial nerves so i'm hoping that something changes with cranial yeah. nerve where they can have major regeneration with cranial nerves that and that's the only hope that i have for my case because of what my original neurosurgeons did. And this is, you've been dealing, you've been living with this since 2017. 2017, yes. Has anything yeah. gotten better? Or is it just like you said, you've normalized stuff that you got to deal with on a daily basis? It's basically, um, I've normalized it where I can, I just have to uh, function. I have a neuro, I have a neurosurgeon. I have a neurologist. I have a psychiatrist. Obviously I have a therapist. Mm -hmm. I have a cardiologist. I have a um, ear nose and throat. I have every specialist possible um, to try to, they all work together as a team to just keep me comfortable. Yeah. Are you still and working through this? I do work through That's this. That's I, um, thankfully, I work from home. Yeah, it is nice, right? <laughs> yes. That's the one good thing. I do, um, you know, I try to focus once I try to, I try to focus on something else besides the pain. So when I'm working, I'm so focused in on my job yeah. that I almost forget that this is happening. Like as we're talking, it's yeah. there and it's pulling right now. Um, but I do work. Yes. I, I don't know how much longer I'll be able to though, honestly. Yeah. Um, So there's two. Th uh, okay, so I wanted to make sure everyone, you know, they do know that you were the the GOP fashionista account on Twitter, but you also have what is it, Rare Disease Warrior on yeah. Instagram, right? Yes. And what do you yeah. what do you try to do there? I raise awareness and try to bring people together that have what I have. Um, and there's I've, a lot. I've, Would you say there's a lot of people, or is this something that you've just managed to come across these people by starting that account? I just came across these people and then they just started like talking to me. And then somehow like I, a community formed around the account. Awesome. I, yeah. So it's just about raising awareness. My friend, Judy Greer, she's an actress. Um, she did a live with me to help me raise awareness. My other friend, he's an actor, Jason Thompson. He, I saw that one. I watched that. Yeah, yeah. You look like you could be a soap actor. 
I could be a soap actor? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'm open. I'm I'm available if you know someone some uh, someone that wants to put me on a soap opera. My grandmother used to love General Hospital. I used to watch that with her when I was a kid. Oh my God, Jason was on General Hospital. No, maybe that's why he looks so familiar. I was looking at his face and I was just like, well, I don't know. He's he looks our age, so I don't know if he's. I watched that when I was like a teenager, like 13 years old, with my grandma coming home from school. So I don't know if he was on then. No, yeah. he was on. Um, he started around 2008, and he was on General Hospital. He played Doctor Noah Drake's son, Patrick. Okay. Okay. And he was a neurosurgeon, which is oh. even funnier <laughs> yeah, because when I got diagnosed, he was one of the first people I called. He played like, one on TV. Yeah, that's great. I'm like, you're <laughs> never going to believe this. You're never going to believe this. And his sister-in-law is a pediatric neurosurgeon. So oh, like for real, for real. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so I was like, almost, I was like, I need to call Jenny to talk to her about this, but yeah. So Jason is now on another at uh, Young and Restless. Oh, okay, yeah, there you go. I can't believe those are still on. That's what's crazy. Like those shows have been on for fifty years almost. It seems like. I think Young and the Restless is one of the last ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, she loved this. We used to love General Hospital and uh, what was the other? Uh, Guiding Light. Guiding Light, Light. yeah, <laughs> old school, but um. Yeah, my Hollywood days, fun, yep. fun well, times. Well, that's a great transition because I mean, obviously, I wanted to, you know, bring that awareness to the, what you're going through. But you have a pretty, you've had a pretty cool life. Uh, yeah, that's some cool stuff. That's that's kind of like that was the point. Uh, it's not like you just fell upon this and you've never really had anything else. But I mean. Talk to me about why you went to, what made you want to go to the Fashion Institute? Is this something that you just were drawn yeah, to? Was I your just, family, parents? Um, my mom was always, my mom always had really cool clothes on. <laughs> and I can remember as a child, like changing like at least three times a day. So it just made sense to go. Um, but then um, I ended up not even in fashion. I ended up right after college. I opened my own business, a little coffee shop. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. So, so you, were, you were like way ahead of the whole coffee, I guess, explosion that we've seen in the last 25 years. Yeah, it was so random. It was like 1994, I think. Um, right after my New York days and my New York City days were crazy because college in New York City in the early 90s on Ju under Giuliani, yeah. everything was safe. You could just like every it was the best time to be in New York. And I was like going to the like I was we would go to the limelight, the tunnel, like all these um, clubs that people would talk about or read about. And I was going to, and um, I actually have a funny story about a soap actor. Okay. what is It's not Jason Thompson, is it? No, no. <laughs> um, so I'm at this, I don't know if you want me to tell a story or not. Oh, yeah, tell that. This is open. You can say whatever you want on here. So um, 
on that rebar one night. It was a bar on 13th or 14th and 8th with my girlfriends. And I'm walking by and this guy just like, I just looked over and he looked familiar and he's like, he waved me over. So I, so we're talking and it ended up being, his name was Ricky Paul Golden. So he was a, a soap actor and he was the lead on Grease, the play at the time. Okay. So we started talking and uh, he was really cool. You know, so he's going to another bar. He's like, do you want to come? And he's like, my car's outside. You know, he had a car service. So I had school the next day. So, and I was with my girlfriend. So I was, you know, I couldn't go. He's like, well, at least come see me at, you know, at the play. I'll, I'll have your name at the door. So I go with my girlfriends and he only had me listed, not my girlfriends as well. Right. So I was like, well, I can't go wasn't going to leave my girls. Yeah. So somehow, I don't know, randomly, one of my girlfriends was taking care of her friend's apartment in the Bronx. So we go to the Bronx, like within that week. And I remember, for some random reason, Howard Stern was on, we don't listen to Howard Stern, but I have no idea why it was on. But it was on. And Yasmin Bleep. Yeah, I remember her. Remember from Baywatch? Oh, of course. Uh, look, teenage boy growing up with Baywatch. Yes, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're listening and she's on and um, Howard's like, so how's it? What's it like? When are you and Ricky Paul Golden getting married now that you're engaged? <laughs> and I'm like, Oops. <laughs> Wait, guy that just asked me to come see him. Um, like so I have funny stories like that from New York City to LA I absolutely I I bet so let me take you let me go back to actually you know what first of all like look it's been a while since I've done one of these usually I introduce what I'm drinking which is for those at home it's stag usually stag junior they drop the junior it's a buffalo trace product this is batch uh, I believe 23b from the winter of last year. Uh, so that is what I am imbibing on tonight while I talk to Michelle. So apologies. It's been a while. I don't remember how I'm supposed to do these things. They just kind of wing them, right? I'm not a I'm not a soap actor or anything. So yeah. <laughs> so you opened your coffee. What made you open a coffee shop? Because like I said, you were kind of, you're a little way ahead, of, way ahead of your time in that that regard in terms of, I mean, there's a million coffee shops all over the place now, but early 90s. Did you open it in New York or New Jersey? New Jersey okay. in a small beach town called Point Pleasant Beach. Point Pleasant Beach, okay. Yep. And um did you know how to make coffee or did you, like well because I'd imagine it was just probably there wasn't a lot of was, make back then. It was just coffee, maybe a cappuccino, espresso, right? There's nothing crazy like we see today. I just kind of winged it. <laughs> I but you know, I had the I looked for a place I went and there was a CD store. I went in the CD store. It was on Main Street in Point Pleasant. So I was like, do you know of any spaces that are going to be that are available? He's like, funny, you should ask my he's like my location now where the location we were in. He's like, I'm moving next door. So this place, this spot's going to be open. So I was like, oh, my God, this is perfect. Had original tin ceilings. Beautiful. So uh i took it 
And then uh, we just started construction. I did the layout and the floor plan and all that stuff. What was it called? The grind. The grind, see? There's probably a million of those right now all over the world that are coffee shops called The Grind, but you did it first. Yeah, back in the day. Is it still around? Because I know you I know you said you went and sold it in what, 2001? Yeah, I sold okay. it to a customer. There were two customers that wanted it and then just one outfit the other. So <laughs> not wrong with the yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With like my customers, they loved it. I should have had a going away party now that I look back. I just kind of flew, took the next plane out out of town and just yeah, was you were young, you know, no one thinks yeah. So, yeah. Is it, still this? is it still open? Do you know? No, unfortunately. The last time it's been turned over several times since then. Um is it a Starbucks think, now? Is that what it is? Yeah, it's a Starbucks. <laughs> no, now I think it's a bookstore. Oh, well, that's even more honestly, I wouldn't think of that because even those are kind of I know. But that was pre-pandemic, and I haven't been back since, so she probably isn't around. Well, I was going to ask you, so are you a a book person? Like, you got to physically hold it, or are you okay with doing the whole ebook, Kindle, all that tablet stuff? Because I can't. I need to physically hold a book. I don't like reading on the. I hate reading on computers. I hate it college because of that. Like, I need to read a book. I love book like to read a book um I like I went to the library the other day like I love the smell of the library I wish they had the old card catalog I love the smell of the card catalog um now everything's on the computer so but thank gosh thank god for the library because they still have all the books and it's just like you walk in and it's like ah yeah, it's funny you mentioned the Dewey Decimal System, the card catalog, right? Because uh, yes. my daughter, you know, she's 18 now, but this was, I want to say she was probably 14, 13 or 14. We were in Sacramento and she was going to school up in Rockland. And I asked her, I'm like, because she liked reading. I was like, okay, uh, well, are you, do you know what the Dewey Decimal System is? And they had no idea because they don't teach it anymore. Because like you said, everything in the libraries is, it's all computerized. So I looked up a library that still had it and they... The Sacramento Library had like one section that was still just card catalog and then everything else was digital with computer. And so I finally showed her, you know, hey, this is what you used to do in order to go find a book. You had to open this up, go to this specific author and then look by the the number. And that's the whole Dewey Decimal System. That's how they tracked books in the library. And you go to the specific shelf and find it. And she thought that was the coolest thing. And we don't do that anymore, like at all. Maybe these certain, oh, I'm sure there's certain bookstores or giant libraries that maybe maintain some of that. But for the most part, in schools, they don't do it anymore. That makes me so sad. It does. It's it's a, like a like these are things that we're losing. We're just losing parts of ourselves as people. The Dewey Decimal System was one of the coolest things ever invented. It's got its own name. It's named, I can't remember uh, what was Dewey's first name. I don't remember. But I do love the Dewey Decimal System. And I, I'm a library awesome. that I go to still uses the Dewey Decimal System. I mean, it's it's on the computer, but you still have to get the number. Yeah, and then, but it's not the same. Oh, it's like the pull out the thing like and then go through the cards. Pull the whole shelf. Remember Ghostbusters, the movie where they start attacking the spirits? Yes. They start attacking them with the Dewey Decimal cards. Yeah, it's another thing I got to show. Oh. 
now that she's old enough to watch Ghostbusters, I'll have to show her that. And like, see, that's the Dewey Decimal System in action right there. Yeah, yeah. Libraries are great. Reading's <laughs> great. I do. Um, my attention span has lessened since all of this. So I, I do tend to do a little more audio. Um, okay. See, I haven't been able to get into audio books either. I haven't, I've, I haven't really tried either, but I don't know. Like I can listen to podcasts if I'm driving, but I've never wanted to listen to a book. It, you know, I, 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 I enjoy it now. Um, only because, and I always say, like, I always want like a half discount when I buy like headphones. <laughs> I'm like, but I can only. Well, hear I see it. what you did there. Yeah, I, I got it. <laughs> and then I, I actually pick up. I still because, you know, the majority of my life I can hear, so I'll still pick up the phone. Like if I'm at a hotel and go to this ear, and, and I'm like. There's no dial tone. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot. I can't hear out of this ear. Wow. Um, yeah. At least so I can, can laugh about it too, though. Yeah, well, I mean, that's another, uh, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's why I, I felt comfortable asking if you want to actually stop this. Because I, I remember, you, you, like, you've got a sense of humor. Like, that's kind of one of the things that I think myself and others that kind of were on that little section of Twitter at the time, kind of, that's why we were able to kind of interact well, because we have silly senses of humor um but i wanted to kind of go back because you did say it was your did they say why it would be your left side that would go deaf is it anything because that's the the side that the tumor was on and it was oh, okay. on my vestibular okay. nerve so that's the hearing and balance nerve so my balance is completely off still like if i like i'm i still walk into walls if i had to do i keep my neurosurgeon's card in my um, driver in my wallet because if I ever got pulled over and if they thought like I I wouldn't be drinking of course but if they thought that I was because sometimes my speech is off if I'm in a lot of pain if they had me do walk a line I can't walk a straight line to this day like to you know like I'd I'd fall over um but yeah so it's kind of gotten to be like a little joke like with like bruises like randomly like I'm just like almost falling down the stairs every day like walking to walls it's like I'm it, yeah I'm just a hot mess maybe not hot I'm just a mess okay I wanted to go back to where so you sold this coffee shop and then you moved to LA what made you do that um when I sold it uh one of my ex-employees former employees lived in los angeles okay. we met we met a bunch of guys that worked on the uh when mtv used to go to the jersey shore back in the day and have like a beach house and they'd have yeah. DJs and parties MTV was so good back like that's yes everything, the, like original not the snooky part this was, oh, pre was pre yeah it was pre then what was that what, yeah what, what was the name of that show Yes, I don't it was remember. Real World, and then what was the one that was in the van? Like, remember they would go Road Rules. Remember Road Rules? Road Rules, yes. <laughs> yeah. So and, it was the Real World and Road Rules are what I I always loved. Yeah, and then but then they would always come down to the Jersey Shore to to Seaside Heights and get a house and like party on the beach and have like DJs and like all different bands would play. So we met a bunch of guys 
that were working on that, uh, you know, like over the summer. And she ended up moving out to L.A. with one of the guys. So after I sold my store, I was like, I'm coming out to L.A. to see you. She's like, OK. So when I got there, she's like, how long do you stay? I'm like, oh, I don't know, maybe a month. She's like, OK. So I stayed with her for a month in Los Angeles. Totally loved it. I was in an old school. Um, this where I lived was insane like it was so it was the coolest neighborhood to live in and I would live in I'm not I'm not kidding Eric like the most killer gorgeous old school Hollywood building like um there was like a waiting list oh, and for, to get into it? oh the Villa Carlotta and there's actually an oh. article about it in uh Vanity Fair Villa. about Carlotta Hollywood and um it was just an amazing building it was supposed to, rumor has it Charlie Chaplin now it turned into an Airbnb that's what it looks like or there's Airbnbs within them but it's it's a furnished luxury apartment complex now in Hollywood California but it looks cool <laughs> uh, back in the day it was so cool my rent I remember when I first my first apartment there was only 600 a month and that oh, included man. everything I I wish <laughs> I wish 600 a month back in 2001 yeah, yeah that's pretty crazy especially for LA yeah and um like everyone and anyone lived there like um Marilyn Monroe what's the Jim Morrison lived there for a while. Just okay. old. You, you want to hear something funny? Yeah. You said $600 a month was your apartment, right? Yeah. Well, how big was it? Like was, was five it a, or 600 square feet. So it, was it a one bedroom or like a studio? Studio. Big okay. studio with high ceilings, like 20 foot ceilings. Yeah. So studio now is currently going for 4569 there's the LA prices. <laughs> that literally, what is that? Eight that times that you paid? Obscene. <laughs> it is. For the same amount of square footage. That's like the size of my kitchen, 500 square feet. That's like ridiculous. That's obscene. And and there there isn't even any parking. Yeah, There's and I guarantee you that doesn't come with everything that you said you came with. So you're probably looking at probably 5,400 a month just to live in a and studio. I know. And my friends that are there, like that I've since moved out, said the neighborhood's really bad now. So yeah, I can't a lot of imagine. It's gotten so bad. Well, COVID is what really screwed up L.A. Yeah. Because L.A. is, you know, L.A. is not, it's not a like a, a walking city, right? Like you got to live there and drive and. Yeah, everything's dry. You got to drive to work and all. And so when all these people had to stay home, it just, it really, it, it, they, City like a city like LA was really crushed due to COVID because of what was done to small businesses, restaurants, and all those things. Like a city like that, it's hard to come back from because they have yeah. things that are outside of the entertainment and the, but the stuff that the everyday person has to do, like that's hard to come back from. 
Yeah, a lot of the little stores, the mom and pop stores have closed down, but there was a homeless problem when I lived there. And my friends that, like I said, have since moved out, they said it just blew blew up just crazy. It is. Uh, the, the neighborhood um, isn't the same. So when I recently went out there, I didn't, we didn't even go back because I said, I just don't even want to see it. You just want to remember. Like you had a, yeah, you had the, you had a great experience while you were there. Oh God. Yeah. So you were moved in 2001 out there. Yeah. So what was 9-11 like out there for you since you left New York, New Jersey area? And so I I imagine you went, you experienced 9-11 in LA. Yes. My mother was on a flight out of Newark. At oh. the same time that one of the when the first plane hit, I my father called me and woke me up. He's like, Michelle, there were there, wake up, get you know, yeah. mommy's on the flight. I don't know what flights are like what's going on. We didn't know. And then they started saying what flight numbers. So we knew it wasn't out of Newark. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was really nervous until we found out um, that they landed, I think, in Colorado. Um, and my mom didn't know what was going on. And, you know, they were just told they needed to all that they were being diverted to Colorado. So then the word started trickling through the plane, what was going on. So when they landed, my mom kind of gathered up three other women and they rented a car and they drove to LA together. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's not something people do today, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, pretty, like, yeah, that's a little experience right there. That's a nice little trip. Yeah. So my mom, every 9-11 hears from one of the women. Um, so it was it was crazy just because my mom was on a flight. Yeah. I mean, uh, I would have really been it would have been crazy to deal with just like as everyone else, you know, did, but to have someone on a flight at like out of Newark at the same time the first plane hit it's like it was nerve-wracking I tell I, I mean I've, I've well, this is like the 90th or so of these episodes I've done but I, I've mentioned it before but so I was in uh the windows of the world restaurant on the ninth wow yeah you know my buddy we were up there to visit my buddy September 7th through the 9th um and he lived probably a block over from wall street so like his whole experience of that going down like he could see like he could see the towers and everything from where he lived so it was it was pretty wild like to, yeah. to, like and i remember like the flight leaving on the ninth my buddy that was with me because he'd never been anywhere outside of florida at the time i just remember us looking out of the because i think we left <clears throat> i want to say we left out of LaGuardia, and you could see the towers from the like when you were on the tarmac and i remember us looking at him and i think he's got a picture like when we had those disposable cameras, I think he took a picture yes. of hours through the the little the, the the window on the airplane. So yeah, like <clears throat> I remember showing my daughter because we went up there in two thousand fifteen. 
Christmas Eve, I think in 2015, that was the first time I took her to New York and we went to ground zero and all, but I remember showing her, you know, like the Wikipedia page on the windows of the world restaurant. She's like, Oh, that sounded like it was so cool. I'm like, it was, it was pretty cool. It's a very touristy thing, but it was cool. Like it was like you're that high up open floor plan, just looking out at everything. It was really cool, but yeah, I don't think if you never went to the uh, Twin Towers, the the scale, the, like you don't really fully, if you've never experienced walking through, um, you just don't understand how big those buildings were. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's, it was, it was pretty crazy. Everybody was just walking around like, they were like zombies, um, you know, because nobody knew what was happening next. Oh, and then we all that, know what happened next. So. Yeah, but I like living like after that, like LA was just you know, great times. Was for yeah, for for the California because my brother. No, he we he didn't move till two thousand four. I didn't really know anybody on the West Coast at that time. Like everybody I knew still was on the East Coast. So yeah, I can only imagine because I mean that happened. What was it? The second plane was like eight forty six or eight forty eight or something in the morning. So most of the people out in California weren't even awake. Yeah, that's why my dad, dad called, called you to wake me. you up. So yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, that yeah, it was like yeah. six o'clock. No, like six around six a.m. But um you know once all that you know calmed down and you know months passed LA was just just a really great experience great dogs great hiking great dogs. <laughs> I had the best dogs were you a dog I, watcher is that what it was I I dog had watcher? a chocolate lab um then I would take care of Jason's dog Vetter the Great Dane um, and then I had another, I had a yellow lab, I had a cat, Charlie, who I, whom I took from my other roommate that used to work for me because she didn't take care of him. So I was like, Charlie's coming with me. So you've probably seen mine wandering around already. Yes. I had, I black and white. Yeah. He's tuxedo. His name's Francois. He, I, I adopted him from the shelter in Napa about two months ago. Yeah. He's awesome. He's, he's how long ago? Two and a half, about two and a half years. It was June of 2021. So almost three years ago. Oh, I love cats. Charlie uh, was a tuxedo too. Oh, really? They're the greatest. Yes. They're the best. Did you know, you may know this in New York, like the New York Metropolitan will actually only let tuxedo cats in because they are already dressed for the part. Oh my God, you're kidding. <laughs> no, Is that a joke? It's a hundred percent true from what I can read on the internet. So I was, I would say maybe you can verify since you're a New Yorker, but I don't know. Sounds legit, don't you think? It sounds legit. It does sound legit. Uh, maybe I'll call tomorrow and see if that's you should. true. Like, hey, can I bring? Real. Yeah. And if it's true, I'll let you borrow Frank and you guys can go hang out and, you know, hang out at the Met. I I miss my cat so much. I swear to God, I never thought he would die. Like he lived till he was like nineteen or twenty. Oh wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I had a my great grandmother, bless her heart. She had a cat that was twenty three when he died. Wow. Yeah. Like I remember yeah. seeing him like from the time I was 
two years, three years old up until the time I went to college, he was still around. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, so, so just briefly, I've got to get on this like dog thing, like uh -huh. in cat thing. Like when I was growing up, you know, you had the family pet, you got the collar and the leash at, at the food store. There weren't <laughs> dog stores. You just got it in like the aisle at the food town or the shop, right? Yeah. You bought like Purina or Alpo or gave them just scraps off the table, right? Yeah. I'm not kidding you. My childhood dogs lived the longest. Once we started with this craze with your dogs or cats have to eat like raw or like this special food. All of my dogs, like except for Charlie, my dogs all ended up, you know, dying early, like, you know, not really living out their full life, like a lab could live to like 14 or 15, like 14. Yeah. And so I'm like, this whole- A lot like humans, like look what our diets have become and how screwed up we are now. I know. It's probably the same. I mean, Frank, the only thing he loves, he loves tuna, like the tuna steaks, like fresh Oh yeah, yeah. So I just cooked one earlier tonight and I gave him, I got a picture. It's he, He'll eat a lot. He'll probably eat a good ounce and a half, two ounces. So when you think about how much that is for his size, like oh, I, cut four, I cut four squares up for him and put them on the, on the floor and he ate all four of them. Frank's living he, life. He will. He'll, he'll eat tuna nonstop, but he doesn't really like anything else. He's basically living his best life, Eric. Thanks yes. to you. He's, he's literally the cats from Garfield who would always be in the trash can eating fish. Like that's, <laughs> that's what he does. He's a, he's a pescatarian, but he's a very specific pescatarian. It's only tuna. He doesn't like anything he, else. You know, it's like I want to get another cat, but then I don't because I just don't want that commitment. Well, so what I would say, because I'm, I, you know, obviously, God willing, he lives for, like you said, 19, 20 years. Yeah. If that's the case. I'll be in my 60s when that happens. Right. So at that point. I would never get another kitten, but I would love to get an adult cat. Because you see, when you go to the shelters, you see the adult cats that get kind of left and abandoned. Maybe that would be something to do because they're they're already older. They're just they're probably chill. They just want to hang out with you. They're not like a not, you got to start all over and deal with that. You're not gonna believe what I'm gonna say next. Uh oh. <laughs> After my chocolate lab died. He was only like nine or 10. He had this rare neurological condition. I should have realized shit was coming my way <laughs> because I was like, my dogs were preparing me like that. Like I was going to be messed up. So my chocolate lab, when he died, I missed out on those senior years, like from 10 to 14, where you watch some age and you, you know, like, so yeah, I so I missed out on that. So I actually went to a shelter and rescued uh, what they thought was an 11 year old yellow lab. Oh, cool. And the the guy that brought me to the the uh, kennel where he was, he was in a kennel with an, another ye yellow lab, but it was a younger yellow lab. So um the guy's like you that one right i'm like no the old one he's like you want the old one i'm like yeah, yeah i want the old one and he was the coolest dog ever harry 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 the yellow lab how long he is he? Cool. what 
How long did he live for? I actually had him for five years. Oh, wow. So I don't know if I think he was younger than they thought when I rescued yeah, him. Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe he just liked you. You never know. Like I yeah. That, <laughs> that dog was the best. That, he was like the dude. <laughs> That's cool. Uh so how long have you been now without a pet or an animal? Oh, I have a I have a chocolate lab now. Oh, you do? Okay. But you just don't have a cat. Got it. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe you should consult with your chocolate lab and see what he thinks about an adult tuxedo. Well, he already met, he lived with Charlie for a while because Charlie was still living when oh. Oliver came along. So he, he knows what cats are like. He knows to fear the cat. The cat <laughs> exactly. rules the roost. <laughs> and it's funny how, yeah, they always, there's always that fear. Everyone's always like, oh my my dog's gonna, you know, he's gonna kill or eat my cat. It's like, do you understand what a cat will do to a dog? Cats yeah. <laughs> yeah, they give him a few swats yeah, and then the dog just knows. Yeah. Even I was afraid of Charlie. I, I, he would like even pounce on me. I don't know if your cat, Frank. No, does. no, Frank is, he's the, he is the sweet. I've had cats before. I've known a lot of people with cats. Frank is the absolute sweetest animal I've ever come across in my life. Dogs, cats, ferrets, anything. He's the sweetest. Yeah. He's a, he's a sweetheart. Aw. Yeah, yeah I I was lucky, too, with Charlie that he... I, I had dogs coming in and out of the apartment all the time, like my neighbor's dogs, Vetter. You know, thank God Charlie was chill because he loved all the dogs that came in. He just never... You know, so I was fortunate that way with all of my animals. But uh, yeah, so but um, going back to GOP in the early days. Yeah. When I used to be quick and witty and with my tweets. <laughs> I I had somebody from Fox News. She's has her own show now. She's become a, a dear friend of mine. I get a DM from her and she's like, I swear I read, I follow you all day long just because you're, you make me laugh. And I was like, was Oh my cool. gosh. Yeah, that was the cool part of Twitter. Cause it was so small back then still in a way. Yeah. Like you were connected kind of with these people, but at the same time, there wasn't enough to kind of overshadow anyone. Like you could really kind of make those connections. Whereas now it's just like, you're just fighting for, whatever you know i'm on my my fifth account at this point i don't even it's what it is but yeah I, hardly, I i don't go on much anymore on twitter well i mean it's you got other stuff to worry about i would imagine like you said yeah i don't want to stress over this the silliness because like i said it's 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 not like it was michelle like it it twitter is very it's just very negative in a way like it's very it's very mean spirited where it wasn't always like that, you know? Yeah. It was like the way, like what you described earlier, like that was what I remember a lot of like the first probably two years on maybe. And then it was like once Obama's second term, it's like everyone, cause that was the tea party movement. It was all those things that kind of happened. And there was a, that big kind of growth of Twitter. And I think it brought a lot of, you know, for the lack of a, 
I guess, better descriptor is that it brought a lot of negativity from both sides, Republicans, yeah. right, left, whatever you want to call it. And, and it's just only compounded from then. Yeah. And I think we were talking earlier, um, you know, I, I'm involved in politics, um, but for, I try to stay off of Twitter and just not really absorb what I'm what what I'm reading or watching on the television when I rarely have it on. Yeah. Um, because I just it when you don't have nerves that are functioning correctly to have all that negative energy yeah. coming into your body, totally. it just makes it, it makes it worse. So I do everything like now everything has changed for me where I try to do, uh, I'm aware of like how things will affect me. And I try to, even though I want to be aware of what's going on politically, because obviously I'm a conservative. So I, I, I would, you know, I, I'm involved because I want to see the next president be a conservative and hopefully we take the majority in the house and Senate or maintain majority in the house and get the Senate back. But um, I just, I try not to get involved as I was um, back in the day because it should, I don't really think it's healthy for anyone, but it's no. definitely not healthy for somebody who has, um, you know, so, you know, in, an incurable condition that affects my nerves, my nervous system. Do you, do you have opinions on the, the two most likely candidates we're going to see? Because I know you said you want to see a conservative. Well, oh well, yeah, I mean it's definitely going to be Trump. I mean, <clears throat> why is anyone else even trying at this point? Yeah, you think I don't. I don't. I don't see any anyone else. Do you? No, I don't see anyone else either. I just, I would just. My my question is, would they ever let the man be president again? That's my question. I don't. I don't think they can get away with what they did. With I don't the either. I think the last, right. like the I think last point, I don't think they could pull it off again. No, but I don't think so. And, that, and that's and that's why I say now, like if you would have asked me this question a year ago, I, I was, I was said they they'll never let him be president again. But because we just watched what's basically playing out with the primary, and there's no real legitimate contender, and Nikki Haley's just there until she drops out. How yeah. she's considered, in my opinion, is even weirder. But that's another story. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, he's going to be there. And I, I, it's a year later, I think completely different. I don't think they can keep him out this time. No, no. I, I feel, I feel like, like he's like, first of all, the dude has more energy than me. Like, <laughs> like either he's, I'll, I'll, I'll be on whatever he's on because something's he's on McDonald's and diet Coke. <laughs> or is it actual Coke? I can't remember which one's whatever. He loves McDonald's though. And I just, he just, he, his energy level is crazy. Like, yeah, there's. Yeah, there's oh. The <laughs> oh, he's even going to chat with us. I like it. Nice. <laughs> 
he has an opinion. He's like, I, I bet, I bet he does. I think he's like, it's Trump and I don't know who, but I, I, I think if he's still up, like, you know, I think if Biden is still alive, it's going to be Trump and Biden. I, I don't see any, I don't see any other person. That's, that's kind of the sad part to me. Cause like, I, I don't, I don't make fun of president Biden. I don't approve of him, but like, to me, he reminds me, I've said this to so many people. He just reminds me of my grandfather when he was at the end of his life. Like, yeah. There's moments of clarity, but for the most part, that, he doesn't know where he's at. Yeah, I don't. I don't for a second believe a hundred percent that he's the president doing. You know, like, right? And then, uh, unfortunately, the VP's not much better. Yeah, so kind of like we're being ran at this point by just a total decentralized bureaucratic state more than anything, and I don't think that's good. No. I, I, I watch, um, him and it just, I, I just, I, that's why they try to keep him out of the press, you know, out yeah. of the, like away from the press. I mean, what did he just say? He just said about Netanyahu is like yeah, a bad like, yeah. or something. I'm yeah. like, Evil Bibi? my bro, BB. No, nobody puts down my bro, BB. I mean, <laughs> I get him on the phone. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, uh, I just and, and then, like you said, they try to keep him out as much as possible, but they they completely keep Pamela hidden away because she's not the better option to put forward. So, and then once you do, I always I did this joke with someone about two years ago. If you just look at the presidential line of secession, it gets not very inspiring. You know? <laughs> no, and then Kamala Harris, like I've never heard her like put together Ever. A, a, like, like a sentence that has anything to do with the question. It's yeah, I don't understand because she was like a district attorney in California and a senator. Like you would think you would have had to speak, or you'd think you would have had to make like some sort of cogent speech in public before. Yeah. It doesn't seem like she has that ability, which is very weird. No, and the laughing. I, yeah, and the laughing's very odd. That is a weird. It is. Question. I think that's her way of. Oh my God! I don't know what to say, so I'm just gonna cackle my way through this. <laughs> it's also it's just, just, like it's also just really like, annoying. <laughs> that's like her go-to move: the cackle. The cackle. Yeah. I yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. I. I just. I. I feel like. I didn't think Trump could lose in 2020 and no, you know, and then once 3 a.m. happened. Yeah. 3 a.m. <laughs> it's like, are you kidding me? Like what was weird is cause I watch, I, 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 I don't really bet that much anymore, but I still pay attention to the, I've always paid attention to gambling wise. Cause I think the people that are behind those are very well tuned in and, and they're very well connected. And that's how Vegas continues to grow. You know, Vegas. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not, they don't make Vegas and make these brand new properties every year or two because they're losing money. But I remember going into the election night of 2020, Trump, I want to say it was around, because I was at the grill and I was in California. So it was around 8, 8.15. Trump all of a sudden became like this heavy, like minus 170 favorite. And if you understand gambling lines, the minus 170 is not a sure thing. But it's probably not going to lose. Yeah. And then <laughs> I remember waking up 
and he was like plus 300 which is a guarantee like there's no chance like you are now the like a heavy underdog i was like wait a minute what happened overnight and then i, I turned the tv on and i started paying attention to what actually happened and then we had like the whole wisconsin thing i was like oh come on man like this is just weird yeah it was just so obvious and it's like if you didn't if you were just i don't understand how it wasn't obvious to everyone that that but that's weird to me that like i i just i just don't understand that how people think it it like what happened was legit well because we've come we've become very tribal unfortunately yeah no we've become very tribal with whatever letters next to the name of a politician as opposed to policies or just good people in general right like everyone's trial it's it's why I, I have these conversations with people about you know what's going on whether it's ukraine russia whether it's you know israel palestine whatever you look at the same like people want you to make up non-wavering decisions on all of those instances but we don't we, we completely neglect that at any given time it doesn't matter who's the president half the people in this country don't want to follow them or like them Right. So we're no different. Like we're, we're very tribal ourselves and we don't even coalesce anymore around anyone. Like you go back to 9-11, like you remember how that was, how how unified people were. And that's probably the last time I think we've ever seen it. And even that didn't last for that long. Right. So. Yeah. No, it didn't last. And I, I think that I really, I feel like the left just they were aware that something was up but i think they just didn't even care just as long as their guy won well that that's it right like i mean i used to say this when when i was in afghanistan we we couldn't control the elections of a country of that size and and that's like legit controlling the polling stations and still not being able to legitimize an election and I was so like blinded by that. And I used to think like, oh man, like we must be the only ones that can do it legitimately. And then, right. you know, you start to grow up a little bit. And you're yeah. Like, well, maybe not. Maybe just people are people. It doesn't matter where they are. And I, you know, for the most part, I believe the elections are legit, but you can't tell me that we had 100% legitimacy. I don't think. I don't think you can legitimately prove that. No, no. Because of um, people, because of just human nature and just people wanting to make sure that their person wins. Right. And the Democrats have so much control, so much control over everything in this country, you know, that it's it, for the first time Trump won and they didn't think he would. They knew they started preparing then when as soon as he was elected for right. The oh, next election to come up I was, with. Some I was in way. California for that. That was wild. That was a fun time. <laughs> oh man, I woke up. I was like, "Oh, you were still out in California, right?" When Trump won. Yeah. Twenty sixteen. I was here in okay. New Jersey. Oh, you moved back. Okay. Yeah, but I was happy as a clam in high tide. <laughs> and. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I was so happy and now I'm just like you watch your 
like, you know, investments or whatnot. And I, you know, it's a whole, I just feel like um, there's just depression over the whole country. And, um, you know, I'm, I, I battle with depression to begin with, so don't add this on top of it. Yeah, no, of course. <laughs> What what do you think? Do you do you see a what what brings us out of that? Do you think out of that? Just like what what do you think is going to eventually get us out of the whole Trump left? Just how do you how, do you see a path forward to us as a nation? Just kind of like we got to move past all of this, or is this no? Kind of where we're at. Been happening since the, I think it was actually worse back with like. Lincoln all the way back to the first president you know like like when you read about history and what happened back all the way back then it was the same if not worse but there wasn't like so this bringing the country together it was never it was always divided so mm -hmm. I don't like when people say it's worse now it really isn't it's been like this but we just are more aware of it because we like we have television, yeah. we have like social media. So people are more tuned in to what their side is doing. But when you look back on history, like this was going on. And I think it was worse back then because there wasn't the, like they, people weren't, didn't have all the options to get their news like yeah. we do now. No, I think that's a fair point. And that's why I wonder, because it, it won't, I don't think it'll ever be in our lifetimes, but I wonder if just the ultimate outcome is we see kind of like the European Union model where like, yeah, we're under this whole big union, I guess, whatever you would call it. But you still have all those individual countries within it. Mm -hmm. And I kind of wonder if the United States at some point will kind of split off to where you just have states and we kind of work together to still kind of maintain a united portion of that for you know maybe national defense purposes but the states are just getting so different from one another it's kind of hard to maintain any sort of long-term like we can't act like we're unique. Like we're 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 the great empire in decline. We've seen these throughout history. Like like I said, the United States isn't isn't unique. There's tons of case studies you can study that were kind of in that declining stage, right? Mm -hmm. but there's a way that you can try and maintain something, and that might be removing the whole United States angle and going to a more states based model where you have the 50 individual states they do their own thing but we kind of form partnerships and trade and all those things to kind of maintain some sort of level of peace and a working order but maybe it's not the united states of america anymore in 100 150 years oh gosh i i can't even i i <laughs> drop that one I, on. <laughs> I, that's like so far like that is one reason why i i have i never had children i'd never really wanted to 
because I I was I always took being a parent very seriously and that would be my biggest fear is what like leaving yeah you know yeah. As we all do we're all gonna die and then if you have children what's the world gonna be like for them so that's what I fear like thank god we still have Tucker um leading with the news and doing what he's doing um and trying to make people more aware because I would just be you know he 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 I think he brings the country hope like you know we're in contact I am friends with him that's cool that's awesome and so that's something that I I would I would you know that's something that would really I would struggle with as a parent like what how am I going to leave you know what's the world going to be like for my child yeah I don't honestly I don't even I I don't think about my child so much because I think we'll be in the same time frame I think more of like hey what's our grandkids and great grandkids going to deal with and that's why I bring about the 100 150 years angle because I just think whatever it is in that time frame it's going to be unrecognizable in a way yeah yeah it's it's, it has to I be think, a really hard reverse to go to kind of maintain it. And I don't think, I don't think people are built for that anymore. Yeah, I, I definitely, it's, it's changing. So what you're saying isn't so far out there. Yeah. You know, that I, I, I can see that happening. I can see the country going down that road. Um, we won't be here to see it unless something happens on the other side that we don't know about. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I'd see it either, but, um, all right, let's end on like some positivity. Now that you're, you're back in New York, right? I'm in New Jersey. Oh, you're in New Jersey. Okay. You said exit. Uh, you, you know, you said this. Are you at the same one? <laughs> I'm at exit 82. Exit 86. You're up North, right? I'm I'm I I'm right across the bridge from where uh, Seaside Park and Seaside oh. Heights is, where the uh, Summer House MTV house uh, is. Got it. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. And yeah, the whole the state known for its Taylor Hammer pork roll. <laughs> it is. Huh. I, I, yeah, pork roll, egg and cheese sandwiches. Pork roll, egg and cheese. The Sopranos. Perfect. Good stuff. Yeah, I'm catching up. I, I watch The Sopranos like every ten years. I'm on my third try now. So, oh, nice. Oh yeah, I love Sopranos. But uh, so I'm finishing up with the last season. I still don't like. You know, it's just weird to me with The Sopranos because you know James Gandolfini ended up actually really dying like four years. Ago. Show ended. but because I I love to maintain the idea that that show never should have ended and they should have just kept figuring out a way to drag it on and keep Tony alive. And they leave you with the way that it ends, like, oh, did he die? Did he didn't? And then I, I know there was like this recent interview I read with the showrunner. What was it? David something. I can't remember his last name. But he's like, yeah, OK, well, yeah, basically Tony dies. And I was like, oh, come on, man. I mean, you didn't have to ruin it. Like, yeah, then he's dying in front of his family. And I start thinking about that scene. I'm like, oh, that sucks. And I get why it happened, because he denied that guy his opportunity to go to Florida. like whatever. But yeah, I, I thought The Sopranos, especially now that I rewatch it, because the last time I rewatched it was 2015. But watching it now, you kind of see that shift in our society in the early 2000s. 
and how it plays out in the writing of that show. There's a lot of stuff that's very poignant to today that people should go back and look at and see like kind of the origin of it. Cause we act like these are new things, but we've all, it's kind of like what you just said, like we've always been dealing with this stuff and they may have been worse at one point, you know? Yeah. No. Yeah. But yeah, like you said though, to end on a positive note, I would say that my unfortunate incident that's left me like this, um, you know, and I still like, I remain hopeful. I remain positive. Of course I have my bad days, but, um, rare can happen to anyone, but it makes you realize it makes you, um, want to be more present and enjoy the moment and try to detach from the news as much as you can. 100%. I mean, stay aware, but try to detach. And so you don't, your body doesn't take on unnecessary stress. Um, So that's what I would, that's what I would say is, you know, be more, be with family and friends as much as you can. Um, Avoid the news and try not to let that infiltrate your system because it just adds unnecessary stress. I agree. It's a great message. And especially, like you said, you, you have enough to deal with that you don't have to add upon it or, or pile upon it with all the other external stuff. But yeah. I mean, one last task that we can end with this, I need you to give me, whether you care or not, what's your Super Bowl prediction? Um. <laughs> Um, is it, I want the, the, not the Taylor Swift team. Okay. You want the San Francisco 49ers? Yes. Okay. So the San Francisco 49ers are going to beat the Taylor Swift, Kansas city chiefs. Yes. All right. Do you have a score? I don't have a score, but I did, did date. (laughs) You dated Taylor Swift. No, no. I dated a guy that actually was the backup to the backup. Um, quarterback for the 49ers and actually threw a ball to Jerry Rice. Oh, damn. Who was it? Was it Jeff Garcia? No, no. His name was Scott Barry. He only played for uh, one year. Well, hey, that's all that matters. He got paid. But yeah, <laughs> he was drafted by the 49ers. And yeah, his, and um, his claim to fame is that throw to Jerry Rice when he had a play like in one game. I have no idea how why he got in because he was like the second to the like the yeah he's third he's way yeah back. He's but anyway the there you go all right so there you go Michelle has predicted that the San Francisco 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl. Thank you for hanging out with me, madam. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, Eric. It was right. great talking to you. You as well. All right. And where can the fine people who watch this, they can find you GOP fashionista still on Twitter, but rare disease warrior on Instagram, right? Yep. For the most part. Yep. And I'm still GOP fashionista on Instagram. You know, I, I'll post every once in a while something funny or if my life's gone to hell or if i have a what i think is a really cute outfit on so you can just i'm all over the place you can find me wherever and and please keep us updated when you adopt the adult tuxedo cat yes i'll name him charlie the second there you go charlie 2.0 
probably too far. <laughs> All right, and we are gone. <laughs>